What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Matt Report. As always, I'm your host, Matt. And today we're talking to the one and only Sarah Dunn. I've been seeing her around the WordPress community for, for a while now, and I'm just more recently attracted to some of the work that she's been doing on YouTube and how she's sort of pivoting her business, telling that story, journaling it, using it as marketing, uh, content marketing, but not really as a strategy. It's really something that she's just putting out there to hopefully attract people in a, in a at a passive level. And I think that's something that I've been doing for years, uh, stuff that I know that a lot of folks have been doing for years, but I do challenge her and myself and everybody else to do that to, to really start to think about the common thread uh, that really ties your content together. What is your purpose, your passion? Uh, what is that sort of uh, call to action, uh, to use a more technical term, that people should really be following and subscribing to your content? Uh, we talk about that. We talk a whole heck of a lot of stuff in this episode. It's a freelancer pivoting to a more focused product and service. It's a great one. Can't thank Sarah enough for doing the show. I was on a recent podcast. My good friend Brad Williams has uh, reignited his podcasting efforts with a podcast called Lunch with Brad. Go ahead and check that out. It's going to happen every couple of weeks. But if you go to lunchwithbrad.com, you can get all the details. I was there uh, on this past episode. It's amazing to have him back on the airwaves. I'm excited for that. If you enjoyed this episode, it's mattreport.com, mattreport.com slash subscribe. Have you left a five-star review? I've finally blown away the 100 five-star review marker. Thank you so much for having that. Happens a really great way to kick off 2018. I'm excited for the rest of the year. Let's get into the episode. So my name is Sarah Dunn. I live in Battle Creek, Michigan, and I found my winding path and found my way to WordPress about six years ago. Um, at that time, I was actually selling wine for a living and thought that I really needed to find a new direction for myself and started making websites as a hobby on the side. And I think that's a, probably a pretty common story to a lot of people that listen to your podcast. But it's something that I really enjoyed. And almost immediately once I committed myself to a web design business, it really took off. And that was about five years ago. So where I am today is I run a small remote agency. I am often here in Michigan, often traveling, and I have coworkers, three coworkers who work throughout the country, and we all share a love of flexible lifestyle and um, helping clients to find great solutions to their marketing needs. And I operated as mostly a generalist business for the last five years. Awesome. I, you know, that's a dynamic I didn't even realize that you were working with other people in this uh, agency space. Uh, how, how did that come about? That's an interesting topic to me. I think that this is something that a lot of people listening to this show uh, should do. Uh, it's, it's sort of a, uh, you know, a, a collaborative effort um, that I see so many other uh, businesses do, uh, especially like uh, local, uh, local farms or local restaurants. They sort of all come together, even though they might be slightly competitive. Um, they come together for this one collaborative effort to provide a service or a product to somebody. Uh, but how did this, how did you get uh, other workers together? And what does that formation of the team look like? You know, it actually just has happened slowly over time out of necessity. So pretty quickly after I started out as just myself with a laptop and a cell phone, I was getting pretty overwhelmed with the amount of work that I had. So I brought on a coworker who was local at the time to help me with some of the support, some of the basic uh, website installs, and I still did most of the design and development myself. Then over time, I realized that um, as much as I liked figuring out design, I really wasn't the best at it. So I 
brought on a designer for a couple projects and it kind of grew from there to becoming a dedicated relationship um, where she works part-time only for me. And then we also have an assistant who's a virtual assistant and that cool. is our, our most recent addition in the last year or so just to help make sure that everything stays running and that some of those basic tasks get done really well and don't take up so much of my time. Nice. So this isn't like a uh, like a virtual agency. Um, you know, there's a word for it. I can't, I don't know why I can't think of it right now. But I've seen before, like multiple agencies come together to provide one big like umbrella solution. These are people who are specifically working for you. Yes, exactly. Okay, my mistake. My mistake. I, I thought it was the other way around. So, boy, you go from from selling wine to all of a sudden, may yeah, I do some websites on the side? And and was was it a concentrated effort to grow that business, or did you sort of just happen upon it? And you're like, wow, I'm I'm actually going to turn this into something. No, it was. I mean, at first, when I first started making websites, it was like, hey, this is cool. I can make a few hundred bucks here and there, and I think I charged maybe two hundred dollars for the first one. And then I said, you know, I'm ready to go at this full time, and I'm going to take it on very seriously. I think that's kind of just an aspect of my personality, focus, discipline, uh, achiever. I, I tend to kind of take hold of things and take them seriously and try to see how well I can do them. So um, starting the web design business was no different. And I've just always really enjoyed it. So I'm glad that this is the path that I've gone down. Yeah, for sure. What, what are the, some of those lessons, uh, one or two that you can pull out of creating a team, forming a team. I think it's one of them, of course, is, you know, paying people <laughs> that becomes something that is like a little frightening, like, oh my God, uh, you know, me bringing in business. Uh, a lot of folks are sort of relying on me to bring in business and, uh, you know, they're all at their individual tasks and, and priorities and whatnot. But what are those big lessons that you learn working together with people, hiring people, vetting people, and just sort of getting along on the day to day? I think one of the biggest lessons that someone told me way back when was when you're bringing on someone, especially as a remote contractor or someone that you want to give a try, is to give them some sort of test project. So that idea has worked out really well, collaborating with people on a low risk, some sort of project, sometimes an internal project first, just to make sure they can meet deadlines and are good communicators. I think that was one of the, the best lessons that someone else shared with me and I've been really glad to use that. I think the other lesson learned as far as remote coworkers is you just have to find people that are comfortable with the remote working lifestyle. Uh, I tried at one point to bring on some people that had never worked remotely before and we found out it wasn't a great fit for their personalities. They really preferred more in-person contact and wanted to go out after work for drinks with someone. And that's just not what happens when you work on your own at home or on the road. So you just have to make sure that you're bringing on people to the team that can work within the way the company works. <laughs> what what challenges have you faced growing the agency um, in sort of the same vein here now, virtual agency? What, what challenges have you faced uh, finding customers, if any, uh, you know, being uh, a distributed agency, maybe not having uh, an office location. Like I know for me, we're an hour south of, of Boston and running the agency was always kind of difficult because, you know, we would get RFPs from local, from local clients, 
but there's a lot of bigger agencies in the Boston area that were just meeting these people face to face. And, and even though we were only an hour south, it, it wasn't something that we were doing because we just really weren't prepared for it. Um, how about you? Do, you? do you sort of find yourself in that same kind of challenge or how do you overcome that or find customers in your space? I really like that question because that's actually the difficulty in finding customers or the right customers is one of the reasons I've pivoted my business my business recently. Uh, in the past, I actually did a lot of local networking. So I'm in an area where there's a few small to medium-sized towns around. So a lot of our business was drummed up by me going to networking meetings and meeting people in person and creating referral relationships. And as we grew, I just discovered that the pool of people that want to pay for a great website gets smaller and smaller as your prices go up. And I was really feeling a, a ceiling in the local area and wanted to find a way to reach out further, which I think is a really hard thing as a generalist. When you'll take on any type of website project, there are, if clients are looking for that, they can find a generalist agency closer to them. So it's hard to differentiate differentiate yourself while reaching out farther and be able to find clients who are within your price range. So you've got to come up with something about your work or yourself that's interesting or different that gets the client to really take notice. And so part of my shift in my business over the last year came when I decided I wanted to get out of doing some of the local outreach and only working with local customers and move out a little bit further and a little bit higher in the price range. So that is one of the reasons that I've made the change. And so what, what does that change look like to you in terms of, uh, you know, the overall operations of the business? Do you, do you go ahead and start, you know, take a deep breath and it's like, oh boy, now I have to go change my branding, my content, launch a new website, uh, retrain either my skills or my team skills. What was the undertaking other than just now I have to go find this particular customer that fits this new vertical that I'm going to chase? What did the internals look like that you had to sort of flip onto its head? Oh, well, all of those things were so overwhelming, Matt. And that was one of the reasons that I really lived in a state of almost paralysis about it for over eight months. So it was probably two years ago that I actually started thinking about specializing my agency and what kind of clients did we want to have in the future and what kind of work did we really want to be doing. And I remember asking questions of others who had specialized, you know, as much as two years ago, and it mulled around in my brain for about a year. And then it was in March of 2017 that I said, I really got to get serious about making this decision and figuring it out. But all of those things that you just mentioned, how would we market it? Where would I find people? How do we need to adjust our internal processes? Who is even the right client? It was just very, very overwhelming. Um, leading to me kind of making my very first video and just expressing that I think this is a, a really big thing to make a decision about to specialize in freelance services or small agency services. And I think it was something that hadn't been given enough credit by a lot of people providing the advice that you should niche down. I was just going to say, and what was that, what was the vertical you started to focus on now? So recently, it took me eight months. So like I said, I, I made my first video about this in March of 2017. And it was only a couple months ago. 
after a ton of analysis that I threw out and some choice, uh, some chance encounters with some people that I had just met that I actually discovered a real love for working with wedding professionals, especially in providing search engine optimization services. So that was the direction that we decided to take after a really, really long time thinking about it. And the actual execution of it is still very much in the beginning stages, but I'm feeling really good about it. And it feels so good to finally at least have something to pursue as opposed to just living in this constant state of trying to figure it out. So that, that's, the, that's the crazy thing, because I think a lot of people, myself included, uh, you know, they hear this advice and they're like, yeah, yeah, that's great advice. Like, of course I have to niche down and, and find and find a target market, but I'll get there as soon as I pay the bills. Um, and they just keep chasing the money at that point. And what they fail to, to realize is they could be making more money more efficiently and effectively by having a system in place that's going to serve the same customer over and over again. Uh, granted, Making that leap is scary because you start to feel like, oh my God, I'm going to say no to, to money coming in, but that's money in the short term, right? Versus the long term. Uh, and that's a huge fear factor to get over. And some people can't get over it, in fact. Well, and there's so many different fears too. Like, oh, what if I choose this and then it turns out I don't actually like it? Or what if I put a lot of time and effort into the marketing for this and it finds out that I can't find any customers? Um so there's so many things that make it a really difficult decision, which is, again, why I think that it's not something that you can give as advice in one sentence. Hey, you should niche down and specialize on a certain type of customer. It's just not that easy. And um, now I do want to make sure to answer your question about kind of what it's looked like to execute on that transition, because I've been trying to do it very carefully, and we do still have bills to pay. Um, my team members would still like to be paid, and so would I. Um, and we don't necessarily have people knocking down the door in this new specialty. So a couple of things that I've done so far is instead of changing my agency's entire marketing message and redoing our website around this niche, I actually chose to launch it as a separate brand on a separate website. And that really lowered the perceived risk for me. I felt so much more comfortable with it with that as an option. Hey, I'm going to keep up my generalist agency site. It'll keep bringing in the leads that we've been getting in the past, and that's great. But I'm really going to put my marketing efforts over here into this new website and this new brand. And that has been, um, that making that decision was probably one of the more freeing decisions I made because it really made me feel better. Like, hey, if this doesn't work out, I just take this website down and we go on as we were. Uh, I want to talk about the stuff that you've been doing on YouTube and some of the uh, success that you've had with that and, and what it's done for you. But uh, before getting to that, I, I've noticed that, you know, you're doing a mix of your blogging, your vlogging, right, on YouTube and creating these videos. And you're sort of just journaling this process uh, of, of this pivot. Why are you doing that? Is this something that you've looked at as, hey, you know, this is content marketing and I'm going to expose myself and hopefully find customers and at least grow general awareness. Is this a a stress reliever for you? You're sort of talking it out, not just with yourself, but with an audience, right? Because sometimes it's lonely. It's it's a lonely thing, right? Running a company. Um, what does it really mean to you to journal this experience? 
I'm so glad you asked that because someone said to me the other day, what's your strategy with this whole YouTube thing you're doing and your separate personal brand? And I'm like, there's no strategy, actually. It was just me being frustrated after having thought about specializing for a year and not being able to find anybody that had good advice for me on how it had been done or best practices for how to make that decision. So I sat down in front of my camera and I just created a video that said, this is how I feel. And I don't know if anyone else feels that way, but if you do, I just want you to know that this is a decision I'm struggling with too. And I'm also really tired of feeling plain vanilla and having really boring blog posts and trying to market to customers who are also considering five other agencies that look just like mine. And it was just an honest video that came from the heart and I recorded it in mid-March last year and I held on to it for over a month. So if you look at the posting date of my first video, it's sometime in late April. I was kind of just planning to let it totally die and live on in history forever and no one ever to see it. Um, but my husband actually really encouraged me to continue to share. And I'm really thankful for him pushing me to get out there, put myself out there, post the video. And I just decided... I was going to keep doing it. And for the first few videos, I don't think anyone was watching. And then I got that first email that said, oh my gosh, I can't believe someone is sharing this. I totally feel the same way. You're saying everything that I've been thinking about. And thank you for putting it out there. And that's really all it took for me to keep sharing. And I continue to have no strategy with it. I'm totally every week just making a video and writing a blog post about where I am or something I discovered or something I'm trying and I want there to be someone on the internet that just doesn't pretend to have all the answers it's just like hey I'm struggling with this or I suck at this and here's what I'm trying to do to figure it out um, and hopefully in the future it'll be a, it'll end in a success story and someone will be able to look back and say wow it turns out that was actually really hard for her and didn't happen overnight and I think that that will be a great lesson to share. And hopefully that's the way it turns out. I'm going to challenge you uh, with that, uh, if I could. And it's something <laughs> because it's something that I did early on where I was like, you know what? I'm just going to put this stuff out there, right? Like this very podcast. Like when I started it five years ago, I was like, I'm just going to put this out there, see what happens. Um, and not to say it hasn't brought me... Uh, uh, like a positive ROI. Like there are things I can measure from doing this podcast that have actually helped the business, right? Either monetarily or just connection wise. But here's the thing that I've never, I've never done. And uh, I don't know if I've actually really even really talked about this, but I've never, I've never had a plan for the Matt Report other than just pushing out content. And sometimes I see what other people are doing with like this concentrated effort to grow an email list, to then push them to a product, to then push them to a community page, and then recycle that same formula into another product. And uh, I've, you know, honestly been jealous uh, for some people who've had the mindset and the wherewithal to, to do that. And sometimes I feel like I've missed the boat with what I can do with my audience. Um, and if I were to start it over again, I would say, yeah, have some kind of like lead gen thing and not necessarily to make money but just to have like this common thread of why people should tune into me right i feel like i don't do that well 
and I would challenge you to maybe to, to think about that common thread because sometimes I think, my God, I don't, I don't speak to my customer through this podcast and I feel like I have too wide of an audience to really get specific on things. And I'm trying to focus down on that. Um, so sometimes that keeps me up at night. I don't know about you, <laughs> but that's that's sort of my that's sort of my own way of saying like let's 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 try to do something a little bit more uh, of a of a concentrated effort to find the right audience. But maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe it doesn't matter. You know, I think that the right audience so far has been attracted to it naturally, and I'm not trying to put down the efforts of anybody that starts with a particular strategy and is like, this is who I'm talking to. Um, but I'm just trying to share from a really honest place. And a lot of people have found it and really resonated with it. Um, I don't really know what I want to do with it, but I do know that it has benefited me in so many ways. So many new connections within the WordPress community. I ended up starting a Slack channel where I connect with a lot of new people that have watched some of the videos and want to stay connected. So it definitely has been good, but I also don't particularly have this big launch strategy for it. And I, I want it, I don't want to say anything negative, but I just want it to be more genuine than that. I'm not sure. trying to talk to a buyer persona. I'm just trying to talk to people and anybody who finds it interesting. And if some way down the line, I find a way to benefit them and I have something to sell, then I'll do it. And if not, then I'll take it from there. But so far, it has been fairly focused on the niching and um, the people that are interested in that have definitely latched on. Yeah, and, and I say that because you are probably as uh, cynical as I am. <laughs> you see some things online and you're like, I've got one new subscriber today, right? And you sort of joke about those types of vanity metrics, right? Where some people, uh, you know, we see all these sort of Instagram uh, internet marketers or even YouTube marketers. And, you know, it's just like, it's just all about sort of the, the vanity of driving followers and likes and subscribers. They talk about their ridiculously sized email lists. Um, you know, and there's folks like you and I who are just, you know, putting out content from the heart and we're just like, yeah, you know, a couple of thousand people here, no big deal. <laughs> right. And I, and I think that's, I think that's a good thing, um, to be that way. And, uh, I honestly feel like we're going to see, those people, you know, those quote unquote internet marketers that are at the top sort of that's going to start to uh, dismantle or, or disintegrate away into 2018 because I think people are really going to latch on to more transparent, uh, you know, organic folks uh, and personalities. I do, too. And I think that's part of the reason that I like to make jokes on Twitter about how small my audience is. Ha ha. Because Nobody, when they have 27 people on their email list, tells anybody about it. You're like, you're supposed to right. be embarrassed <laughs> about that. But I'm really not. I, I think it's hilarious. I'm like, you know, 27 people is where you start. And hey, guess what? This is something that people don't talk about when they pretend to have all the answers. And I know I don't. So thank you, 27 people, for being awesome. <laughs> and it's okay that I know all of you personally. Uh, talk to me about about YouTube, um, you know, like so many folks, you, you got started a while ago and you put it out there and you're like, oh, I don't really think this is gonna happen. I, I just doing this maybe as a therapeutic thing. Um, but now it's, it is starting to snowball to some degree. You're getting feedback. People are starting to notice you on, on YouTube and general and genuinely thank you for the content that's, that's going out there. Um, you are very composed on camera. 
you are way better than I am. I mean, it's, it's, it's insane that you could get through five minutes without editing. I can't get through a sentence. Like sometimes I start a video and I have to redo just the first sentence 25 times. Uh, I don't see any pauses. I don't see any breaks. Give us the, the behind the scenes. If you could flip the camera around, what does it look like on the other side? Do you have your laptop with uh, some bullet points? What does it all look like? How does it all come together? Oh, that's so funny that you ask that because, um, well, first of all, thank you for saying that. Um, I've never really thought of myself as someone that's good on video, but I've been so committed to this not taking up a ton of my time. I really only want to spend a maximum maybe one to three hours a week creating this content that's for my peers as opposed to for my clients. So to me, that has been pretty much one take videos. And um, <laughs> my setup is absolutely hilarious. I have a really cool Fujifilm X100T camera that I actually bought for travel photography when I went to Croatia last year. And I was like, okay, so this is the best camera I have. So let's see if it does video. Okay, cool, it does. So I really want the videos to look like you're sitting across the table from me in my office. So I put the camera on top of a trash can turned upside down <laughs> and um, I turn it on and then I run around the table and um, start talking and then I get up, run around the table and turn it off. And um, that is absolutely all it is. I've never done two takes of a video. Um, I have occasionally cropped out my dog barking or something in iMovie afterward, but I really want it to feel totally of the moment and exactly what I'm thinking at the time. And sometimes it's not as polished as I would hope it would be, but I've totally just rolled with it and tried to be okay with it as much as possible. It's also so, really short content. I mean, each of the videos is only maybe two to five minutes. So it's not like I'm trying to string together 15 minutes of perfect talking. It's just super quick. Occasionally I do have some bullet points that I actually put under the camera, between the camera and the trash can on a printed sheet of paper. Um, <laughs> but that's about it. Valentine's Day is coming. We're going to have to tell your husband to get you a tripod for uh, for Valentine's Day. We can, we can at least go that professional. Uh, <laughs> I have uh, one. It just seems like it would take more time to set up. So I'm just like, whoop, <laughs> trash can, done. Uh, well, I mean, and that's another that's another great lesson for people because this content stuff, I mean, especially YouTube, and I'm super guilty of it, can take up so much time trying to perfect things that, that really don't matter. It's about the content. It's about the story, you know, and then sort of all of the other stuff is, is just icing on the cake, you know, camera angles, lighting, so on and so forth. Um, but you, you mentioned something like you don't want this to take up time from the content that you should be eating should be creating for clients. What does that process look like? Do you have a, a concentrated effort with that? Or is that something that's in the works with this new pivot to focusing in on, on the wedding space? Oh, absolutely. I would love to spend more time creating content. And that's where I'm finding a lot of joy right now is in creating things both for my personal blog and for clients. The only strategy I have right now is that I write every Thursday morning. So I get up and I start at about 7 a.m. And I have a pretty structured content calendar. So I'm alternating right now, writing one blog post on my generalist agency website and one blog post the next week on my focused wedding SEO website. So each site um, is generally getting one piece of content every other week. And then I just do my personal blog content whenever I have time throughout the week. 
Sometimes I always record during the week. Sometimes I end up doing the writing and editing of the blog post on the weekend, but that's really what the content creation looks like right now. I would love to include more video in my wedding SEO content, but I'm really trying to take this one step at a time and only commit to things that I think that I can do really consistently. So I'm trying not to overcommit and just make sure I'm really comfortable with the level of content creation that I'm at before adding anything new. And is this your is this your primary role right now is is business building, selling, marketing, creating that content? Or are you still working on client deliverables, coding, designing, content, that kind of thing? I'm totally moving into just project strategy and sales for um, all of my client work. I generally have my designer do all the design work and either uh, my internal person do development on something simple or I hire out to freelance developers. So yes, my key role now is business development, marketing, and sales. And it doesn't strike me, or maybe so, I mean, uh, it doesn't strike me as you as somebody who is just like deeply rooted in uh, WordPress. And I, and I mean that like in the sense of, you know, WordPress is everything, right? WordPress is my business, uh, you know, WordPress plugins. I've got my, you know, my, you're not geeking out on WordPress, I, I guess I should say. Um, is that something that is intentional? Like you are trying to stay, uh, well, more generalist in that sense, like you'll use other platforms um, or, you know, are you sort of leading with, look, we are a focused WordPress shop. Um, sure, we can do some marketing stuff for you. And yes, we can incorporate third-party services and SaaS apps and things like that. Uh, but our primary focus is this open source CMS. Uh, are you sort of flying that flag with customers? customers? No, I've never marketed us as a WordPress agency. Most of the small businesses that I have worked with in the past don't really care what the platform is if I can deliver to them what they need. So I've never led with WordPress. However, I am totally devoted to it at this point. I will not develop a website on any other platform. And if a, I would actually recommend a different platform for a client, I would refer them to someone else. So WordPress is definitely where my heart is. It's where I started. But I don't lead with that as a marketing message. Um, most of the clients that I work with really are platform agnostic. And I've continued okay. to move more and more into SEO. So... Um, you know, that isn't a specific platform requirement, though I do prefer to do SEO on WordPress sites. Um, again, it, I don't lead with WordPress, so now SEO, adding that on becomes easier. Your outlook uh, for the rest of 2018, um, how are you getting your name out there? You mentioned that you you have uh, the 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 niche site, the the site that's focused just on the new uh, product and service offering. Do you see yourself doing more sort of in person um, conferences or uh, vendor shows and sort of just meeting yourself or, or meeting people out there in in the real world, or is it going to be more of you know, digital content marketing, the YouTube, and maybe a podcast someday, and, and just more blogging. What is it all? How is it all going to shape up for you for your 2018 goals? As far as my wedding SEO services and, and those that are marketed to wedding professionals, it's actually really nice to think about what I need to do for the rest of the year because I finally have a clear idea of where I need to be, where I need to hang out, where my target customer is. 
when I was a generalist, it was like, I'd, I need more clients and I have no idea where to go. I guess I'll go to another networking event and hope that that works out. Now I can be a lot more strategic about where I'm going and making connections. So in the wedding space, I'm going to start going to um, some local meetups for some groups just to make some connections and ask some questions. And I'm also going to continue to publish content bi-weekly and work on the website's search engine optimization. So I know that I can accomplish some things there very quickly. And also I'm going to see if I can get on some podcasts that are aimed at my target client so that I can continue to build up some links and build up some authority with people that haven't heard of me yet. But the good news is I have a whole list of ideas for where I can go and connect with my potential client and my ideal client. So that's really a freeing feeling and I'm looking forward to it. This has been some amazing insights here, Sarah. I'm super you know, happy that I had you on the show. I'm wishing you all the best and all the luck. I, I mean, I think that you've, I mean, you've nailed it on the head in terms of, look, it's time to, to double down on focusing on this, on this new industry and, or this new industry for you, uh, makes total sense. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think you're just doing a great job and I want to, I want everyone out there listening to give a, an applause, a round of applause <laughs> to all of Sarah's efforts and her amazing ability to go for six minutes without breaking on a video is insane. Uh, I wish I could do it. Sarah, where can folks find you on the web to say thanks? Thanks so much. Um, if you are interested in specializing your business and that kind of sounds interesting to you, I blog about that at sarah-dunn.com and love to talk about it on Twitter at sarah11d. Everybody else, mattreport.com, mattreport.com slash subscribe to join the mailing list. It's the number one way to stay connected. We'll see you in the next episode. Hey, everybody, thanks for sticking around and listening to this episode and supporting The Matt Report for over five years now. It's been a pleasure of mine. It was a pleasure to have this guest on today to talk about uh, their business and how they run it. Speaking of business, if you have something you're launching, you have a new website, a new marketing page, a new product, anything that could use a second set of eyes, you can find me at userfeedbackvideos.com. That's userfeedbackvideos.com. Dot com where I will review your product, your landing page, your funnel, whatever workflow or starting point you want me to take a look at online. I'll do that. I'll record it. I'll send it to you in a private screencast with my feedback uh, from over a decade of experience in this space, marketing, technology, WordPress, and otherwise. I hope to see you there. It's userfeedbackvideos.com. It's like having a co-founder for 